As is our Easter tradition, we continue again reading the Acts of the Apostles. And today, we come to a very important episode in St. Paul, but I think in order to really grasp the meaning of it, we kind of have to fill in some blanks. Because there's a good bit that happened between what we heard today and what we heard last week. If you recall, last week we heard St. Peter continue to give his speech to the chief priests and the elders in Jerusalem. After he and John were taken into custody by them, after they healed a crippled man. We heard him end with that powerful and famous line, There is no salvation in any other name. In that name, Jesus Christ. After that, sometime later, the first seven deacons of the church were ordained. Seven men of reputable status in the community. The apostles laid hands on, and then they went out to serve. And one of those deacons, St. Stephen, boldly preached about our Lord Jesus And because of it, he was taken into custody, and eventually he was stoned to death. And one of the ones who led that persecution was a man named Saul of Tarsus. After that, the scriptures tell us that a great persecution broke out of the church, of the way. And many of the disciples, the followers of Christ, spread out, scattered about, to the four corners of that known world. All except the apostles who stayed in Jerusalem. But they didn't just scatter and hide. They scattered, and as we hear in so many different episodes, continued to preach the gospel. One notable example is Philip, one of the deacons, who preached to an Ethiopian eunuch and baptized him. Then not long after that persecution broke out, Saul, whom we saw, lead the persecution of St. Stephen. He is on his way to Damascus in order to further capture, persecute, and kill Christians. He's on this way, as the scriptures tell us, breathing out threats like furious, malicious. When Jesus Christ himself appears to him on the road and causes such a conversion in his heart that not long afterward he would receive baptism and be claimed by Christ and begin preaching in the name of Jesus, preaching about Jesus, preaching about the gospel that he brought. And that brings us up to today. Where Saul is now, he has been in Damascus, he's been preaching in that area, and now he comes to Jerusalem. But what he finds when he comes there might strike us as interesting. Because when he comes, the Christians are not really giddy to meet him. In fact, the scriptures tell us today in that first line of this first reading, when Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing 
that he was a disciple. They looked at Saul. They looked at this man who once arrested their brothers, their fellow Christians, and killed them. And they said, no, we can't, we don't, we're afraid of you. Stay away from us. Saul's past kept them from allowing him entrance into their company. It made them wary. For them, it was a stumbling block. And for Saul, too, seeing this, perceiving this, he could, he could have let that get to him. Which is a very human thing to do. To see how they approach him, how they shy away from him. And say, well, of course, my past is too dark. My past, there's too many things that I've done wrong. I've done so many evil things. How could I hope to be a disciple of this way? How could I hope to be in this same group? You know, look at what I've done. How could someone like me be worthy of this call, of this mission? That could have been what he thought. Because if we are honest with ourselves, that is how many of we often think. I'm not worthy. I've done too much evil. But something else happens. See, Saul does not let those voices influence him, tell him who he is. Instead, by the help of the encouragement of Barnabas, by the help of the apostles who commission him, who approve of him, who see in him the works of God active, the voices don't matter. And eventually, by the witness of his own life and his preaching and his commitment to the gospel that Christ revealed to him, even those who doubted him, who were afraid of him, eventually rejoice because of what he's able to do. In fact, he reflects upon this in one of his letters, saying that they gave glory to God, that the one who was persecuting them is now preaching the very thing he tried to destroy. He teaches us an important lesson about what it means to be a follower of Christ, a saint, a disciple of Christ. See, the truth of the matter is, is that our past does not matter. Now, I don't want you to think that, you know, what I'm saying is that We can go on doing whatever we want and we're still okay. We're still like good to go. We're not going to be afraid of losing the rewards of heaven or losing what Christ has promised us. We still have to confess that we are sinners. However, no matter what we've done, no matter how strongly we have sinned, no matter how gravely we have sinned, Christ's mercy is more powerful. Christ's mercy is able to wash those sins away. 
that is the power of baptism, that is the power of the sacrament of confession, is that there is no sin more powerful than God's mercy. And it is a reminder to us through the example of St. Paul that even the most hardened sinner is called to be the most passionate disciple. Very few of us probably have as checkered a past as St. Paul. And yet look what he was able to do. And if he had given in to those voices of those Christians who doubted him, who shied away from him, how different would the church have been to lose so great a disciple? And that is the same thing he reminds us, is that Jesus reveals to us that his grace and mercy, his love, is more powerful than our sins. He wants to redeem us, to take us, make us holy, and make us disciples who can go out and preach him to the nations, to all those whom do not know him or reject him. St. Paul's checkered past becomes for us a sign It's an encouragement. It's a reminder to us not to let what we have done get in the way of what Christ can do. Get in the way of what Jesus can do in us and through us. It is a reminder that his love, as I repeat over and over again, because it cannot be repeated enough, his love is more powerful than any sin that you or I can commit if we would simply allow it to be active in our hearts, in our lives. That is what St. Paul teaches us. And it teaches us also to remember that when we think of other people, when we see someone who is struggling, who is caught in the snares of sin, is not to condemn them, but to encourage, to invite them to know that same love. That Christ, just as he does not let my past get in the way of his mercy, that he does the same for the other that I see who is in the throes of grave sin. That is what Jesus desires us to know today. By showing us this episode in the life of St. Paul, he reminds us that he is able to redeem us. That we, the church, are not a community of everyone who's got it all together, but a community of sinners. Sinners who have been redeemed by Christ. Sinners who are constantly being renewed and redeemed and purified by Christ. Sinners whom Christ is calling to embrace the life of his disciples, to embrace the life of holiness. And so our prayer today is not to let our past get in the way of the Lord's mercy, is to be courageous enough to accept it, to be courageous enough to let Christ have a place and work his grace in us, to purify us, to help us to become holy, so that we in turn will be courageous enough to proclaim and evangelize and make him known 
to those who need his presence, to those who are also struggling, to those who cannot get past their sins. That is the prayer that we make today, that we ask the Lord for the grace to be courageous.